0: All right, you guys, welcome to this really special episode with my friend, Natanya. So Dr. Natanya is a board certified endodontist and also a certified life and weight loss coach with training from the life coach school. That's also where I got certified as a life coach. And so it's really exciting. We met through the program. And what I love about her is that she's in the, she was in the dental field. So Dr. Natanya is now on a mission to help dentists live at their goal weight through weight loss for dentists a program that she created combining mindfulness and coaching with the goal of helping dentists make more mindful choices to end the struggle and weight loss and have fun in the process. So welcome Natanya. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so, so much Desiree. This is honestly super fun. Yes, <laughs> it you. is. And I just, I love talking to Natanya. I know that I've talked to you guys so much about my pregnancy on this podcast and there she's gotten so many texts from me randomly, about like, even though I'm familiar with weight loss concepts, like I don't actually do it all day long, like Natanya does. So I will just like reach out to her and be like, I need help with this baby weight. And then, you know, she's so helpful. I love the way she coaches. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Natanya, before we get into all the fun things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, know a lot of people are kind of curious like how on earth did i get into weight coaching right especially from transitioning from you know the world of endodontics and root canals into um you know weight coaching and actually it was shortly after i had my second baby um i was running my own endodontic practice and um you know i was busy trying to keep my patients happy and my referring dentists happy and my staff managing my practice and then i would just come home from you know just a long day seeing patients and i really couldn't wait for that moment that i could finally you know just get the kids to bed and maybe it would be like eight or nine finally in the evening. And I would just curl up on the couch with my husband. And inevitably I would reward myself with some type of a food treat for having survived the day. And it wasn't even anything that elaborate. I wasn't that picky sometimes, actually most of the time, if I'm honest, it did involve chocolate, but plenty of times it was just a bowl of cereal or maybe two or three. And I mean, to be perfectly clear, it had nothing to do with hunger. I already had eaten dinner, but it was just this little moment that I would just get to finally
0: sit down and feel like, okay, I survived the day. I think most of us know what that feels like
1: for sure. Totally. And, you know, even as I describe it, it sounds pretty benign, right? Like it wasn't like I had this crazy addiction to some substance that was wrecking my life, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I had a hard time losing the baby weight and I I kind of pieced two and two together. And I realized that this habit wasn't actually helping me. Like this thought that I was having that I deserved something every day, that was actually really making it hard for me to make great choices every day. Yes, And um, really one thing led to another and I started listening to a podcast by a female physician that does weight coaching for, for physicians. And I could tell right away that what she was teaching people wasn't just, you know, you need to lay off the French fries and you need to eat more hummus and carrots. But instead she was really teaching people like a whole new approach to weight loss. And so, you know, one thing led to another, I started, um, receiving coaching. And it was really my gateway drug into the world of mindfulness and into what coaching had to offer. So once I experienced all the benefits of coaching, not just on my weight, but on my life, I really, really felt compelled um, to be able to become a certified coach and then really offer the same kind of coaching to dentists that were struggling in the same ways that I was. Yeah. And I think especially in a
0: dental setting, it's like and any like healthcare setting, because patients bring treats to the office, they bring snacks, like everybody at work will bring something yummy. Right. And so the temptation is there. And when you're feeling a little bit overworked or tired or stressed, they're kind of just like reaching for whatever's there or somebody's like, here, have a donut and here, have a this or whatever. And I know that for myself, like I've always been thin and I could eat whatever I want and not gain weight. But I was like, I would limit myself to those types of things. However, in my pregnancy, it's a little different. I'm like, oh my gosh, like anything I eat, I just like gain weight instantly. That's just how I am pregnant. And I remember pre this pregnancy because I had gone through all of the coaching and learned what you learned, but you, you've learned it to like a mastery level. I just had the introduction to it, but I remember I would come home from work exactly like you. And the, but for me, it wasn't when my daughter went to bed, it was like immediately as I walked through the door, I would reach for like the tiniest little snack. And it was literally like one or two gummy bears, like, or like one or two, like little tiny treats. And I realized that that was like, the thing that I was relying on every day, just wow. like to transition myself to home. And it's so funny because people don't pick up on those habits Yeah. and I could watch like my friends do it or my family do it. Like I would see my husband do certain things. Right. And I think it's so interesting because I just pick up on it and I notice it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like this, it really does make a difference. And I think when you're at your goal weight, you just Feels so much better. Like yeah. being able to, it's not about being thin and fitting in clothes. It's more about like being able to move and function and just feeling good throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. You find the same for your clients. I'm sure they, they just want that.
1: Absolutely. And you know, in reality, there's so many different motivators, right? Like totally the, you know, feeling, you know, energetic, feeling good in your skin, feeling like you're able to, you know, participate in the activities that you want to, to the full extent and not be limited by, you know, your level of energy, you know, obviously quality of sleep can improve if you're at your goal weight. Um, But really, you know, I always tell all of my weight loss clients that there's really no, there's no bad motivator, except if it's like an external motivator, right? Like if you're doing it for someone else, if you're thinking that you need to lose weight, because you'll be accepted, for example, but as long as it's truly a reason for yourself, like there, I see no problem with somebody saying, I want to lose weight. Cause I want to look a certain way in a bathing totally. suit, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. But it really just needs to come down to, you know, what is it that truly motivates you for you, for your own purpose? Um, because ultimately if you're going to be the one losing weight, you're going to be the one maintaining the weight. Right. Yeah. Um, And so you need to be, you know, really honest with yourself with like what your reasons are.
0: Perfect. Okay. So I wanted to specifically have Natanya on the podcast because uh, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, but my first pregnancy, I gained over 60 pounds. This one is to be determined. I'm aiming for less than 60. So even if it's like 59, I'll be like, great. It's less than 60. But anyways, I've had people reach out and be like, what did you eat? What did you do to lose all that weight? Cause I like, they could see it in the pictures. Like I went from being like thin and like my normal weight to being super pregnant and very like more gaining more weight than the average person does in a pregnancy to then being back like to my normal size. So people would be like, I've had like hundreds and hundreds of women reach out and be like, what did you do? How did you lose the weight? Like, tell me all the things I know that you posted about it before. Like, can you just tell me? And every time I see that message, I think of you because I'm like, it's not always the action. Like I can tell you exactly what I ate and what I did, but it's not always the action. It's more of like the mindset behind it. And yes, Mm -hmm. there are actions. Like you can't just think about losing weight and then eat a cheesecake, and then <laughs> expect that you're gonna lose the weight, you know? Right. But th- yeah. there are actions, but the actions have to be inspired by like what you're thinking and the way you're thinking about. It. And I really kind yeah. of want you to go into that because yeah. um I I want to just mention that when I was losing my baby weight for at least the first half of it. This is pre-life coach school training, pre-weight loss, like anything. I used a lot of willpower and I used a lot of like I felt very deprived, I felt very like like it was just hard for me and it wasn't fun. And it's almost like I hated my body to Mm. like, I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't stand the way that I look. And I hate that more than I want to eat this food. And so that was my motivator. Mm. And through the life coach school, I found like, you have to actually love what you look like. And then work on losing the weight. And I was like, this doesn't really make sense. But the more I started to be exposed to it. And then when you and I started talking, I was like, oh yeah, it does make sense. And so the like last part of the pregnancy weight that I lost was totally different. And I yeah. actually didn't feel as deprived and whatever. So mm. I want you to talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you just asked
1: such a great question and actually if I can kind of back up a little bit, totally. Like the first yeah. thing that you were uh, yeah. actually um hitting on was you know people really wanted to know like what you were doing like what are you eating to lose weight and you know tell me all the actual actions and that kind of thing and um you know i should really make it clear i just don't believe that weight loss is a cookie cutter thing like what works for one right. person really may not work for someone else if if we were all lab rats and we all you know were just you know fed you know, the exact same amount. And it was like a randomized controlled trial. It'd be very simple to just say like, sure, you're going to eat this much. You're going to lose this much weight. End of story. But right. in reality, each of us have different circumstances in our life. We all have different food preferences, different, you know, food aversions, different, different body types, different body types, yeah. you know, different cultural celebrations that involve different foods. You know, there's so much that goes into it that I think it's really pretty short sighted for people to just think I'm going to do this diet for this set period of time, get the weight off without really changing the way we think, because what happens when, when we don't actually address how we're thinking about things is we're not actually teaching ourselves How to actually start making different decisions. Right. We can use willpower to muscle through doing just about anything. Like, if I were to say, I'm going to give you a million bucks to eat cardboard for six months, pretty much everybody would be like, great, that's going to sound fabulous. And I'll lose all this weight, end of story. But that won't really teach you how to go on vacation and not gain weight or how to enjoy a birthday celebration without going hog wild on the cake for, for right. instance. Right. So, That's a good point, right. And so kind of getting to, to the bigger question is like, any diet, like pick any, Adkins. I say Adkins, but nobody talks about Adkins. That just shows how old I am. Um, you know, just like keto is obviously the, 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 main one these days right like pick any diet you want you can go through it with thoughts of deprivation of woe is me um wow this really sucks i don't get to eat what everybody else eats or you can go through that exact same process and think wow this is what i get to do for myself this maybe even if you're not at the level of excitement you can be even just at a neutral place where you're saying yeah. you know what it's okay if this meal isn't a 10 out of 10 for enjoyment, but I am happy to make this choice because it'll help get me to my goal, for example. But, you know, really your question is centered around like that deprivation and the use of willpower. And truly, you know, we are taught that diets are a finite thing for the most part, right? Like you sign up for, you know, either to lose the baby weight or to, you know, maybe four six eight, 12 week long program and, and pretty much anyone can sort of muscle through it for that yeah, length of time.
0: Right. Um, you know, and I have to say, sorry to cut you off. Like yeah. for me, the willpower worked because I knew it was temporary, right? Like yeah. when I was going muscling through it, Yeah, but long-term there's no way that I could put myself through that, like as a lifestyle Yeah, and, and to be honest, like I didn't, I was losing the weight for the first time. I'd never had to lose weight in my life. I never wanted to. I never needed to. Yeah. So I was like, is my body going to be like okay if I start to reintroduce some of those foods? Like, what's going to happen to my weight? And I didn't know. And so I was thinking, like, this, this can't be long term. Like, at what point can I get back to like um, eating normally? Right. Yes. And so, anyways, go on with what you were saying because just felt yeah. like. Totally. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you really think about it, regardless of what diet
1: somebody wants to be on, what we're taught is that there's this concept of you're either following the plan. You're either on the bandwagon Mm -hmm. or you've messed up and you're off the bandwagon. It's very like black or white thinking. Totally. So we're taught, you know, you need this motivation. You need to be strong. You have to have willpower to kind of stick with it. And as soon as And you should expect that you're going to execute perfectly. And then when, you know, maybe you get to do that for several days, even a few weeks. Great. But inevitably life happens. There's some situation that comes up It's someone's birthday. It's an anniversary, a vacation, whatever. And then you know, you really don't want to stick with it or you're enticed to go eat differently in some right. manner. Right. And then what do you do then? Right. Like society has basically conditioned us to think, okay, well, I've royally screwed up. Um, I'm just going to X this day out and then I'll start, you know, on whatever future Monday that I finally have I was the motivation. Say that.
0: Yeah. How yeah. many of like my friends or family members, like they're, they're doing so good quote unquote, like right, yeah. unquote, on their diet. Yeah, and then something happens on a Friday, and they're right. like, "Well, I screwed it up," so the whole weekend is like binge eating, and they're like, yes. "I'll start again Monday." Right, exactly. It's cycle that continuously happens.
1: Right, so it's kind of like this self sabotage cycle where, like, you know, you think you've been really good, quote unquote, but then as soon as you mess up, then now you're bad, quote unquote, and so then you know what tends to happen when we beat ourselves up. We think we're horrible. We've messed up more than likely. We kind of think, well, what's the difference if I go have a fifth slice of pizza at this point, because I've already mentally started to beat myself up. There's really no Ah. difference. And so we're not actually thinking about what's the best decision I can make now. Instead, it's just like, well, the whole day is X'd out. We're going to start on some future date, whatever. And then we're taught that in order to get back on the bandwagon so to speak we just need more willpower we just need to be stronger we need to resist all these urges and we need to you know not really acknowledge that we feel deprived but instead just kind of try to push it out of sight um and really that doesn't work long term because willpower is really just not a sustainable resource it's not it's like a tank of gasoline that runs empty by the end of the day and so you know if you had one of those crazy days at work if you had an assistant that called in sick or, you know, maybe some patients that, you know, were difficult, um, you get home late. It's no surprise that, you know, you may not be making the best eating decisions late in the day, late afternoon or, you know, evening time, maybe after dinner, most people are not like binge eating first thing in the morning, right? Right. Like it tends to be later on in the day when maybe they've been, you know, trying to, do the best they can during the day, but not really taking care of themselves. And then when the end of the day comes,
0: you know, the willpower is run out. So yeah. yeah. So how is working with you? Like, how do you combat all those things? I'm going to share something with you that I was thinking about. Um, and I heard somebody say, and th- this is like such a common thought that I would have. Like if I see, let's say like, I don't know, a dessert or like a slice of pizza or whatever that's like there. Cause I, I can be super controlled. I don't put things in my home that I don't want to eat. But then, if like, let's say we order pizza one night or whatever, and there's like, let's say I'm full, but like there's like a couple slices there left over. Sometimes I, my brain will go to things like, oh, well, I'm going to end up eating it anyways. So what's the difference? Like it's almost like, it's so funny because I know that you can teach people that even if it's there, you don't need to like, you lose the desire to have it. Right. Versus just like, sometimes like my brain is like, oh yeah, like I'm going to eat it anyways. I might as well just eat it now. Like, and it's (laughs) like the circumstance of it actually being there versus not being there doesn't make a difference. It's just so I want to see like, how do you explain what it's like to work with you in terms of like, the desire for the food or like falling off the bandwagon and all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're asking a really great question. And, and in reality, you know, I think it is really helpful for each of us to get honest with ourselves because there are certain foods or, um, you know, things that we might find more tempting than others, right? Like if you were right. to bring seafood into my house, I'm not a oh, yeah. seafood person. I'm just not going to be that yeah, tempted I'm not going to eat it. I didn't know that about you. That's hilarious. So many people love seafood. It's just not for me. Right. Neither. But all of us have certain foods that like, we, we do feel a lot more compelled to eat. Like we totally. are more inclined to want to eat it. That's fine. So it's good to know what our triggers are or things that tempt us. Right. That, that said, you know, like I love chocolate chip cookies. My husband actually makes an inordinate quantity
0: every single week. And they are well, so good you post about it on Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> If if my husband did that every week, for sure, I'd be like seven hundred pounds. Like I like I love fresh baked chocolate chip. Cookies. I don't even huh. like chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. Oh, chips. that's kind funny thing. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my god, like how does this happen? And like, yeah, you, okay, just so everybody knows, Doctor Natanya is like her body is amazing. She looks amazing. She looks fantastic. And then I see her husband, all these cookies that he makes and she posts about them. I'm like, what is happening in this household? I'm like, can you ship me one? (laughs) That's so
1: funny. His cookies are amazing. And I have two sons and between the four of us, I should really say the three of them. They honestly go through like three dozen of these cookies every single week. I'm not kidding. They're, they're on the small side. They're not huge. Um, and he's got this amazing recipe. And I think what is even more tempting is that like, he packs all these amazing ingredients in them so that they're kind of like, you could consider them healthy. Um, and, and that's totally great, but let's get back to the heart of the question, yeah. which is basically, you know, like you have something that you really like that's super tempting. In this case, I'm going to go with the chocolate chip cookies. Right. So like, how do you actually manage that? How do you like not eat them when they're in your house or they're yeah. staring at you in the face? Right. And it all boils down to a couple of
0: things. Right. So one of them is just laughing because I saw you post a meme once of like cookies with eyeballs. It was something like, you know, you want to eat me or something. I was dying. It was like, this is so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay. I put googly eyes on oh, a yeah, chocolate yeah, chip yeah. cookie. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, first of all, I think sometimes our language around the food actually can contribute to our desire or lack thereof for the food. In other words, even just the way I described it like the cookies are staring at you in the face, yeah. right? I'm like personifying them. Like they are alive and it's like, you know, like the the abominable snow monster is showing up at your house and it wants you, you know, like it's telling you to eat the cookies, right? So, a lot of times we will put ourselves in a position where we feel powerless around that food yeah, and I, out and, of control. Right. And so that's actually It sounds really subtle and maybe even insignificant, but how we talk about food um, actually is really important. And and I hear, this is just a quick little aside, but so many people come to me and they tell me that they have a sweet tooth and (laughs) these are all dentists, right? And I laugh because of course there's actually no such thing as a sweet tooth, but it's so easy to just say that, like, it's no big deal. Like, of course
0: I have a sweet tooth and what we're not really identify yourself as like a person with a tooth. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. And it's like having, you know, an extra set of wisdom teeth. Like it's just this unchangeable (laughs) thing about you. Right. And, and so when we kind of label ourselves in those ways, it, it can be cute and it can be funny, but we actually have to be really careful because that can, intimately play into really describing our relationship with food. And when we say we have a a sweet tooth, what that really means is like, I kind of don't feel like I'm fully in control around sweets or, you know, we can acknowledge that we enjoy sweets, but somehow describe it in a way where, you know, the, the sweets don't have to overpower me.
0: Like I actually get to choose how much I eat and not eat. Right. Um, and I love that in your program, you, it's not like, okay, come work with me and then have, have like, you know, a fourth of an avocado and egg whites for breakfast. Like you don't actually tell your clients, like, this is the meal plan. And I know you work on meal plans with them, but you don't tell them like, this is the meal plan that you're going to use, right? Like they get to choose what they want to eat. So like, if they do want to eat three dozen chocolate chip cookies, that's that like, you will teach them like, okay, you could do that. Right. This is how you're going to do it. This is when you're going to plan it and whatever. And like, do you actually like, what, what is that actually doing for you? Like you guys talk about it. Right. And if the client still chooses to eat it, they still choose to eat it. Right.
1: Absolutely. So we really take the drama out of things. And what we do is we say, like, what are the foods that are important, important to you? What do you actually enjoy eating? You know, I have no set rules as far as foods that you cannot eat or foods that you have to eat as I said earlier, it's not a cookie cutter approach. So, you know, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for the next, or maybe it all works for everybody, but not everybody enjoys it enough to stick with it forever. And that's really what matters. So everyone ultimately, you know, I work with each person individually to really customize what is it that you want to be eating and what's going to enable you to lose weight. So we totally. look at both of those things. Right. So if I have somebody that's coming in and saying, chocolate chip cookies are super important to me. I want to eat them every day. That's great. But then let's look at everything else. And how can we actually incorporate that into an eating plan for you that will enable you to lose weight? Now, maybe you can eat them every day. Maybe not. Maybe we're going to, I mean, we basically have to take a scientific approach and say, we're doing an experiment and we have to really figure out what, what frequency and what quantity is going to suit you and your body for the permanent results that you want. Everybody's system is different. And the same thing goes for alcohol. The same thing goes for pretty much any other kind of, of food as well. So,
0: yeah. And one more thing about what you were saying about the, the food, um, like how you talk about food, uh, it's kind of like, so there's like a restaurant, my husband and I love going to, it's a steakhouse and they have the best pretzel bread. Right. And it's like, I, I usually like don't indulge in bread just because I just don't want the carbs and I would rather have like something else, right? Like, I don't know, whatever. But anyways, like talking about like when I, sometimes when we're driving to that restaurant, when we go out to eat, I'll be like, oh, but they have the best pretzel bread. It's like warm and it's so good. And I just like classify this restaurant as having like the best ever, whatever it is. Right. And then that, when I get there, it's like, they put it on the table and that's all I can think about is like eating the bread and how you said that they have like the eyes staring back at you and you're just like, well, I'm going to eat it anyways. Like all those things, the way that you talk yeah. about the food really yes. does make a difference. And it's almost like I, you, you have to learn to enjoy other things about being out at dinner, which is so important versus just like the food.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting on a really interesting point, which is really, you know, when we think about the enjoyment that we get, let's say from eating out and socializing and just having a good time with people, you know, some percentage of that for sure is from the food potentially, right. From alcohol, if you enjoy drinking, but we have to think about like, let's say you have, you know, you, you could get a hundred percent enjoyment from an evening. What percentage of that is actually coming from the food and what percentage do you actually want to be coming from the food? And what other areas are also really pleasurable? Like, is it fun to be talking to your friends? Is it also fun to be out and maybe getting dressed up and, you know, maybe, you know, having a babysitter and not watching the kids, for example, Mm -hmm. like there's other aspects, you know, that are really fun and really
0: exciting. And when I think post-COVID, it, everyone's like, oh yeah, if I could just get out of the house with other people without wearing totally, a mask, it's amazing. Totally. My it's life amazing. is amazing yeah. <laughs> Right.
1: So yeah. it's interesting because like for me, when I used to go out to eat, I'm thinking, you know, during almost all of my twenties and early thirties, I honestly believed that for your average person, when you went out to eat, you just kind of felt like overly full when you were done, you kind of felt like you couldn't wait to unbutton your pants And it's not like it was that way every single time I went out to eat, but I, you know, I kind of had that notion that that's just a common thing. It's, that's not really a problem. Most people feel that way. And one day it just kind of clicked. I was like, it doesn't actually have to be that way. Like you can enjoy a meal and you can also enjoy quitting while you're ahead and not feeling super stuffed at the end of the evening. And, you know, one quick example is You know, I remember so many occasions I'd go out with friends and we'd order drinks and we'd order appetizers. And truthfully, by the time the entree would show up, I would be pretty well full. Like I will have already have eaten enough to be a meal. And yet the entree would show up and of course it would look amazing and I'd have a few bites. And then, you know, of course you're in a social setting, you're maybe just, you know, eating, you're not really paying attention. So I would more than likely finish the entree really stuffed whether or not we would have dessert that's, you know, to be decided. But I remember actually, let's back up a second, a few occasions when maybe I wouldn't quite finish the entree, but then I would think to myself, like, this is a fancy restaurant. This is kind of expensive. I should probably finish it. And that's such an interesting thought because here's the thing that I came to realize was, you know, you're going to pay the tab one way or another, right? right. Like you're obviously yes. not going to leave the restaurant, not having paid your bill. Right. So you're not going to so, be like half the food. So I owe half, right? Like- yeah. <laughs> so, so you're going to pay one way or another. Do you also want to pay with a stomach ache or would you prefer oh, to ask for a to-go bag? Or if that's not socially acceptable because it's too fancy of a restaurant, you know, just leaving it, and not eating it. Right. Like, can you, like, what do you, what would actually maximize the enjoyment of that evening? And that's when it really dawned on me that like, it doesn't matter how expensive the meal is. If you really are focused on just maximizing the enjoyment of Every part of the evening that also includes the drive home, getting home, going to bed, the
0: quality of your sleep, yes, you know, and And so the next day,
1: and the next day, yeah, and how you
0: feel about the evening before the next day, right? Everything,
1: exactly. So when we think about the whole thing, what does it really mean to go out and have a great time? What does it mean to maximize the value of an expensive
0: night out? Right. It's not necessarily eating everything on your plate, right? Totally. And it, I don't know why this just came up that I was thinking about it, but I remember when I was first gonna lose the baby weight. I when my doctor was like, okay, you're free to exercise and whatever. And I had stopped nursing and that's a whole nother story. But anyways, I was like, okay, like I'm ready to start losing this baby weight. And I went to I I wanted to sign up for one of these programs, right? Because I had never lost weight. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I show up to this place and basically it was just like fake food. It was like this program and it was, it was just fake food. So it was like pasta that wasn't really made out of like pasta noodles. It was made out of, I don't even know what it was made out of, but it wasn't like, there was like no carbs in it. Right. Or it was like chips, but they weren't really chips. And I was like, well, I don't, or or like mac and cheese and like pizza, but it wasn't actual. And I was like, I don't want to eat like fake food, right? Like I want to lose weight and have nutrition in my body. And like, yeah. I don't feel, I remember calling my husband and being like, can you come here? I just feel so uncomfortable. Like, I feel yeah. like I want to eat real food and I don't know how to lose the weight. And, yeah. but I feel like this is not the solution for me. Yeah, Like getting on this program and eating like this, this way can't actually be healthy for me. Yeah. And You know, especially when at any point in your life, whether you're practicing dentist in healthcare, whatever you do, if you even if you just have a baby, like you want to feel good about yourself, you want to have energy. I was like, there's no way that this garbage can actually like provide me with the nutrients my body needs. Yeah. Like maybe I'll make me lose weight, but like also, again, what's going to happen when I eat real food? Like I'm so my husband came and he was like, yeah, like he's like, you don't need this stuff to begin with, like mac and cheese and chips and like this type of food anyways. So I just want you to touch. I know we talked about diets, but like these programs that like give you these food items, like, it's like, if you want to do that, great. But I think learning how to manage your mind is so much more important than just doing like a fad diet. Right. Or just like people will be like, well, it's just for three months. And then I can figure it out. But it's like, no, why is the managing your mind part yeah. So important versus yeah. just being stuck in the action of like being in this program or yeah. doing this amount of exercise. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot yeah. of and not to knock on any like nutritionists or like um what are they called? Like personal trainers, because I totally believe that those work too. But I think that a lot of the piece that's missing is like the managing your mind yeah. portion of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me Absolutely. why that's so important.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think you're asking a really great question. And I think the bottom line is like what we were alluding to earlier is, you know, permanent weight loss boils down to learning like
0: from scratch, starting from scratch. I love scratch. that you said permanent weight loss. Permanent. Because that's loss. what Natanya teaches is yes. how to lose weight for the last time, like permanent weight loss, not yes. just like you're going to lose the baby weight or you're going to lose the. Whatever the COVID-19 weight and and like keep it off, like you're gonna lose weight permanently.
1: Yes, you're gonna lose weight permanently. You're gonna have the tools to know how to address natural fluctuations or times that you might choose to gain weight. Let's say you're going on vacation most people wouldn't say i want to gain weight but most right. people would say yes i do want a second slice of birthday cake for example right, right. so there may be instances where your weight is going to go up but you're going to have all the tools to manage your weight and know exactly how to get the weight and off not without, hate yourself
0: in the process right and like, not hate yourself like in the process percent like go on a vacation and then you like indulge in a little food and then you're like oh i shouldn't have eaten that i shouldn't have done that and now like my totally. pants feel tight. And you're like,
1: well, totally.
0: like that doesn't actually feel good on vacation either. Right. Yeah. Like you want to like go and enjoy yourself. 100%. And if you want to stick to like your 100%. meal protocols, you can stick to them. Or you could, you know, be a little bit more lenient on it, whatever you want to do, but also yeah. know how to like manage your mind so that you don't actually like end up in this thing of like hating yourself. And all you're thinking about is like, totally. I shouldn't have eaten all this food. Now I'm five pounds heavier, like yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like that's a terrible weight of vacation.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I think getting to the heart of your question, you know, uh, there's so many diets out there that sell pre-packaged food. And I think part right. of the part of the enticing factor there is, you know, people want easy solutions. They don't want to have to think about things. They just want to hit the easy button. And at the end of a long day, I get it. Like I could see how that would make things easier. However, think about, is that something that you really want to do forever? Most people that come to me have tried a whole bunch of different diets and they know that they don't want more diets. They don't want another, you know, lifestyle that they can like have forever. Exactly. And so in order to have permanent weight loss, you need to actually be willing to continue to do these things indefinitely. And so it's really important that there are things that you are actually excited and at a minimum at peace with, and not just chomping at the bit to
0: Abandon once you've gotten your weight, right? A bunch of kale because you think that that's what's going to give you the weight loss. Or my favorite is working out as a punishment because of what you ate. Yes. Right. Like I'm sure we've all experienced that. Like, oh no, I I ate a lot over the weekend and I'm just going to like, burn it all off at the totally. gym. This week. And that is like, totally. that is not the place you want to be working out from at all. Exactly. Exactly. I think you've really hit the nail on the head. And, and, you know,
1: ultimately when I think about it, when I work with all of my clients, the goal is to really help them to learn how to make the best decisions for themselves in any kind of scenario so that they're not feeling that you know they're on this rigid plan. And then when they go away for the weekend, they've messed up, but instead really feel like in any situation, they're confident that they can really make the best decisions for themselves. And even on occasion, if they do overeat, they know exactly how to course correct. So I think that's really one of the main differences is learning that mistakes are part of the process and we can learn from them as opposed to, you know, the way we've all been, been conditioned, which is to really just shove mistakes under the rug, get more willpower and, you know, kind of start fresh on Monday sort of mentality. Right. So I
0: love that you said mistakes are part of the process, which actually reminds me of, um, where we're going to talk about this in the end, but I'll just spill it now Natanya has a podcast that's released today, actually. So we're going to get into the details of where you can find her podcast in a second, but I was listening to one of the episodes because I got to hear it before you. And, (laughs) and it, she was talking about how, like in dental school, we use typodonts and plastic teeth to work on. And like, we specifically use plastic teeth before we work on humans because we fail a lot. Right. Or there's a lot of mistakes. Like you're drilling and you hit the tooth next to it. Right. Like that was the example you gave. And like, there's so many other examples yeah. and it was like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense of how yeah. the failures and like the, um, whatever you choose to call them. I don't know if they're considered failure. What did you say? The, the yeah, mistakes. Just
1: mistakes, right? right. Like, like we're going to make mistakes.
0: Yeah. or Like part of the learning process yes. of like what works for you. Yeah. And so I yeah. love that analogy that you made. Yeah.
1: I mean, I want you to really imagine like every single time you overeat, I'm just thinking for myself, like overeating in the past, I would just beat myself up and I would think I was horrible. I'd think I was doomed for failure. I would just think like, I would just feel really ashamed of myself and just, okay. Yeah. I just need to get stronger the next time around, but that's not really problem solving because- The next time around,
0: it's not problem solving. It's not
1: actually problem solving. It's just
0: hoping that
1: next time around, I'm going to act differently. Right.
0: And And that makes no sense. I did the opposite of you. Like I was so extreme with the food protocol that like, I didn't mess up. Like I had zero cheat meals, like and anything, like nothing. I didn't even have a bite of anything and spit it back out. Like nothing for like a solid, like six months or five and a half months until I got to a certain weight. And then I had one cheat meal that was planned. And then again, not for until I hit like month eight or whatever. Like I was so strict because I was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole of if I have a bite here, if I have a bite there that I'm going to now spiral out of control of like, Oh, now I can give in all the time. Right. And I'm not going to lose the weight. So I was like the extreme opposite, which made the process pretty terrible to be honest this time after this baby, after I lose, like when I'm going through the weight loss process, which with all of the tools that you have helped me with, um, I know for sure that like, it's going to feel so different and I'm actually excited about it. And like, even the weight gain in this pregnancy, even like the times that you and I have talked about it, I'm like the first pregnancy, I was like, what is happening to me? Like what is happening? And this one, I'm just like as long as the baby's healthy. And I felt that way too, the first time, but I was also very like concerned about like my yeah. body and yeah. this time I'm just like, you know what it I'm just, my body's just doing its thing. It's supporting the baby. This totally. is what my body needs to do. And I know I'm going to lose it. And I know it's not going to be like, I'm not dreading the process of losing the weight. Whereas yeah. like before I had the tools, it was yeah. such a and it took up so much mental space.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think, you know, I think part of what you're touching on too, is just the the idea that, um, we can fuel our weight loss process with two very different types of energy. We mm-hmm. could fuel the process from the spirit of kind of self-loathing and really hating on ourselves. Which is what and most of us do,
0: right? That's what we like all, I'm eat all the to salads it. because yes. yesterday I had pizza. I'm gonna work yeah. out extra hard this week. Like yes. I'm going every day to the gym because yes. I have to take over the weekend.
1: Yes, and also thinking I can't feel happy about myself or I can't feel confident in my skin until I get to this magical number on the scale, right? And so we kind of beat ourselves into submission. I didn't realize I was doing that to myself. And, um, the opposite of that is really saying, you know, I love myself and I accept myself the way I am. And because I love myself, I want to make a change. Most of us feel a little bit apprehensive in saying that we would accept ourselves at our current weight. If it is true that we want to lose weight. Um, because we're afraid that saying that we accept ourselves will turn into a
0: slippery slope of complacency.
1: Totally and right.
0: and- like I'm not going to lose the weight right? because I'm accepting that I'm this right, right now. Right. And, and I
1: kind of <laughs> want like, you know, like a, an analogy to that would be, you know, I have a child that's in third grade. I love him the way he is. I accept him the way he is. And At the end of this year, he's going to finish third grade and he's going to be ready for fourth grade. Right. So I don't want to keep him in third grade forever. Right. So it's kind of the same for ourselves. Like we can accept ourselves the way we are. We can love ourselves and feel confident in our skin. And because we love ourselves, we can also say, I don't want to continue to eat this way. This doesn't serve my body in the best way possible. So how would that actually modify the type of decisions that we make? And even if the outward actions are the same, I want you to really imagine just the mindset going into that of, wow, this is what I get to do for myself. Not something that I have to do to beat myself up. So then later I can feel good about myself.
0: So funny that you say that because there was one year for my birthday recently where I like, wouldn't let anyone get me cake. And everyone's like, I don't understand. Like, why are you not getting cake? I'm like, because I love my body so much that like, why do I need to fill it with a bunch of sugar? And mm. they like, nobody could understand that. It was just like my thing that year. Mm-hmm. And like, nobody could understand. and they're like, but it's your birthday. Like you always have cake. Right. And yeah. like, we'll get you your favorite strawberry shortcake. I was like, no, but like, I don't want it because I love like my body so much. I don't want to fill it with sugar. I don't want to yeah. put that much sugar in my body yeah. in like one sitting because I love myself. And it has yeah. nothing to do with like I appreciate all the gestures I appreciate. And like, it was like, nobody can understand it. And I was like, yeah, I would get it. It's so
1: (laughs) funny too, because even just as you say that, right. Like that kind of opens the window into a whole separate conversation, which is really around, you know, other people's expectations and people pleasing and you know doing things because we kind of feel like we should even if it's not really in alignment with what we want so yeah, like socially
0: right yes. like all of the stuff that comes with it yeah exactly and
1: all of that is really really relevant i mean it really is my firm belief that the way we interact with others the way we treat ourselves like the way we process the stress in our life all of these things come together to really help influence the decisions that we make every single day with our food choices.
0: Well, and I think like culturally speaking, how you said it earlier in, the, in this episode of like, we all have different cultural things. And like in our culture, there's a lot that happens around food, like family dinners. Like it's a lot of enjoyment of family time around food, all the parties that happen, no matter how big or small they are, there's a tremendous amount of food. Like We just had Persian New Year and literally like my family has like food for like over a week or I mean not not over a week but like a week's worth of food, right? And it's like the amount of food, right? And and sometimes like my family will comment to me of like you barely ate, like why don't you eat more? Like, well, especially like when you're pregnant, right? Like, eat more. The baby needs food. You don't want a baby that's like a malnourished and blah blah blah. And I'm like, but that like I'm just choosing not to eat like I find enjoyment in other parts of this versus okay. but but when you don't know the concepts that Natanya teaches and you don't fully understand how to use them and yeah. you're you've never been exposed to like the mindset work and managing yeah. your mind around it. Yeah it's very easy to just be like oh yeah that's just what we do. We just yes overeat or like think of like a Thanksgiving meal. We just like yes. stuff ourselves so yep. full and yep. then like we lay on the couch and then we go back for seconds, right? Like that's why it's just a given, like, that's just what we do. We don't even question it. Yeah. And so I think it's so great that you are talking about that. So I was kind of curious, let's talk about some of your client wins. Cause this is a really fun part because it's nice for us to like talk about it and blah, blah, blah. But then it's amazing to actually like hear the progress. And, And I bring this up because I think it was yesterday we were talking about like some of the progress of like how our clients have made progress. And of course I coach on something completely different than Natanya does. But, um, I loved hearing that even some of them, like she, I remember you said one client, particularly you're like, yeah, you know, the scale has moved and she's lost a a good amount of weight, but also I went back and looked at her, um, like her goals yeah. And it was something other than weight loss that she yeah. had also gotten that too. So let's talk yeah. about that. Cause there's more things than just like seeing the scale go down. Right. Totally.
1: Absolutely. So obviously, you know, wanting to see the scale change, seeing, you know, the, the needle make progress is super important, totally. but a lot of my clients are really excited and surprised with some of the other areas of their lives that they see improvements and you know one of my clients came to me and she just she actually from the start said that she wanted to find more acceptance and balance in her life and and that was really something that she was able to achieve throughout the process right like how she manages stress how she interacts with her husband um one thing that really comes to my mind is that she and her husband used to really have um you know, connect over food. So they would get the kids to bed. Similarly
0: connecting over the right. Right. right.
1: So kind of similarly to how I felt like get the kids to bed and then you have a little moment. And so she and her husband would have dinner after the kids would go to bed and, you know, maybe she already had eaten dinner. So maybe this is like a second dinner, for example. And, and oftentimes she she would tell me that she was kind of tired and wanted to go to bed or wanted to hang out and talk to him but not necessarily eat um but strongly felt that like eating together had become the way of connecting and you know it's so funny because one of my mentors um articulated it in such a nice way she just said you know what if you really want to connect with somebody and you actually want to talk with them it's easier to do it when you're not eating <laughs> yeah
0: totally right I mean, right you're not chewing and like- you're not chewing your food.
1: So it doesn't mean you can't also be eating and talking, whatever, but like, you know, food doesn't actually have to be present in order to foster that feeling (laughs) of connection. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's really been revolutionary for me, even in my own life. I am a big fan and advocate of family dinners but there's definitely times that, you know, maybe one of us or more than one of us is not necessarily hungry and it's fine to sit at the table and converse. So what's most important is that we're all sitting there for, you know, a given amount of time and we're enjoying each other's company. Some people will eat, some people won't eat, but we're paying attention and being mindful of like, you know, does my body need food right now? If it doesn't, it's totally fine, but I can still totally partake in this moment.
0: Um, I have a question for you. This is just random. Cause I know we're talking about client wins, but, um, in this pregnancy, I found that like, I never really get full. It's really weird, so, but so I'll stop eating. Cause I'm like, oh, I've consumed a normal amount of calories. Like I don't need to eat beyond this point. So like, what would you tell one of your clients who was like, I just, I feel like I'm always hungry or I've just, yeah. I don't necessarily feel like I'm always hungry, but I just like, yeah. I'm just never full. So like, yeah. what would you tell somebody who was struggling with like, either I'm just always hungry or i never feel full or no matter, yeah. no matter how much food I eat, I always have room for dessert. Although yeah. I know dessert is processed in a different part of your brain. So there's yeah. always room for dessert. There's always like, room how, for dessert. Yeah. So how would you like yeah. help somebody in those scenarios?
1: Such a great question. And really quick. And I know, I just-
0: sorry, I know there's like a lot of different things that go into it, I'm just talking like one or two tips, like that you totally. can totally. Totally. Well, I guess for starters, it should go
1: without saying that the rules during pregnancy are totally different, right? Totally. Like, yes. but, but some of the basics are the same, which okay. is, listen to your body. It's an invitation to actually tune in to your body and its needs instead remember, of just tuning out.
0: I remember I texted you once and I was like, I can't tell when I'm hungry. And then all of a sudden I'll just start throwing up cause I'm so hungry. And like, then I know I'm really hungry. And you were like, maybe you need to change the intervals at what you're like when you're eating. And I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. I yeah, know I'm totally. pregnant. Not everyone listening here is pregnant, but like, totally.
1: Yes, like
0: you might feel lightheaded or you might feel all of a sudden like you're more irritable, right? Like that hungry stage. Exactly. So,
1: you know, you're asking a really great question. The most thorough answer is a class that I teach on this topic. So I'll try to keep it to a 30-second or less answer. Um, but you know, there are a lot of people that come to me that either don't really feel that in touch with how hungry they are, or perhaps feel hungry constantly, or it's hard to tell. Am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Um, On the flip side, they might feel like they could just keep eating in their bottomless pit. They don't really feel like they know when they're totally full. And it's kind of the best approach that I recommend for this is just ask yourself the question, how am I feeling right now? A lot of us are just blowing through life, like like on autopilot. We're not really stopping and asking ourselves, how do I really feel right now? And so it's totally normal for so many of us to just go through our daily lives our obligations and not really be checking in with ourselves maybe we're eating on you know just looking at the clock eating because it's time to eat and we're not even thinking twice about if we're hungry or not especially if you have a really ba- busy day at the office maybe some of us don't have a dedicated lunch break so we think it sounds luxurious to have any form of a lunch break for example and we're just eating at like kind of like a robot Um, And so what I would say is regardless of what your schedule is, regardless of how much time you do or do not have, you need to start asking yourself, like, how do I feel right now? If it's at your next eating opportunity, ask yourself, do I actually feel hungry? Right. And you will come up with some answer. If the answer is, I don't know, and you choose to eat, then be willing to gather information on the other side of that. So You ate now, how do you feel? Or you didn't eat, how do you feel? Right. So there's still like you go beyond, like yeah. So there's still information to gather, no matter it, no matter if you choose to eat, or no matter if you choose not to eat. So if you're not that hungry and you eat, you might not feel that great. Like you might feel like, Oh, yeah, I wasn't really that hungry, right? You're probably gonna get some degree of information. Be willing to ask yourself the question for many you know, many, many days, many weeks, however long it takes to start truly understanding, this is what hunger feels that. like in my yes. body. Maybe I've, I'm have i so accustomed to eating so frequently that I'm really never that hungry. Or on the flip side, maybe at work, I barely take a break, and I'm not paying attention to the fact that I'm getting overly hungry. And by the time I get home at 6 p.m. and I haven't really eaten much except for maybe some snacks in the break room, I'm overly hungry to the point where I am irritable, or have a headache, or feel super dehydrated, or whatever. Right? Wanting to binge. Eat, right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just ready to raid the fridge. So you know, the question is: Are you willing to check in with yourself and see: Am I truly hungry? Am I not? Am I willing to collect data, no matter which? action I choose. And on the flip side, once I do choose to eat and I'm actually eating, can I stop and check in and say, have I had enough? And it's really the same process because for a lot of us, especially those of us that are used to overeating, we have started to really extend that window of how should I phrase it? we've conditioned our body to get more food than it needs and right. so so we're used to perhaps feeling overly full like the example i gave earlier i was used to going to restaurants and feeling pretty full and bloated at the end of the meal it was like I just, normal
0: that was, was kind of normal, normal for normal. me i right. didn't even
1: question it until many years later when i realized oh It doesn't have to be that way. And so then to proactively make the decision, you know what, I am going to stop when I'm actually full. I'm going to stop when I've had enough. I'm going to actually stop before I'm overly full. That doesn't happen spontaneously. That takes when we make the concerted decision to check in with ourselves and be committed to continuing to check in day after day until we really get to learn what feels good in our body.
0: I love that you mentioned this because I was going to say like when you're so accustomed to feeling a certain way, like you don't actually know what hunger feels like in your body or like you can't tell the signs of like when you should stop eating or when you should eat. Right. Like it's hard for you to, so when you stop and ask that question, like the first like week that you do it, you're like, I don't, I really don't know. Like this question feels useless because I can't tell what's happening. Right. But as you do it more more you start to and and I love the point about gathering information after the action of how yeah. you feel. Cause that's yeah. such an important thing that I've never even like thought about before. And it seems so simple, right? It's like, yeah. duh, but like you don't know. That's why people work with you, right? Yeah. But like gathering <laughs> that information, you're like, oh, now I kind of you start to get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the more you practice that. The more you start to understand your own body. And yes. that's part of like the permanent weight loss solution is like yes. really understanding yes. your body, your like thoughts about food, managing your mind around food and like how you're feeling. Because yeah. the feeling, like literally how you're feeling is so important. And also, if you've been overeating, like your hormones are a little off, like the ones that yeah. like, tell you you're hungry or tell you you're full. Like those are a little off and it needs your body needs some time to like regulate that. A hundred percent.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for a lot of us that are, you know, for some of us that are eating (coughs) frequently, what happens is that our insulin level is like chronically elevated. And so, you know, your body, basically, you can either set yourself up for burning fat, or you can set yourself up set your body up to expect that you're just going to be eating a meal soon. And so there's really no incentive to burn fat on your body. Right. So like if you're overweight and you're wondering like, why, you know, why am I hungry all the time? Why can't my body just burn fat on my body for fuel? If you're eating frequently, it's because your insulin is high. So there's no way, I mean, insulin, just a quick refresher is the hormone that's responsible for storing fat after your meal, your insulin goes up so that it can store energy in the form of fat. Right. Uh, And so if your insulin is elevated, there's no way you're going to burn fat, even if you've got plenty of fat on your body. So, so how we regulate our hormones to work with us, to help us to lose weight is really, really critical.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So this has been super helpful. Is there any other like little things that you want to mention before we end this episode of like, like we'll get into where people can find you. Cause I know yeah. people are going to be messaging me and I, yeah. I love all the messages, but we just look in the show notes of the podcast or listen love to it. What Natanya says, but I'm just curious, is there any other like little tips or anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to say?
1: Yeah. You know, um, we've, we've really hit on a, a lot of topics yeah. tonight. Yes. Uh, I actually, I mean, I teach classes like hour long or more than one hour long classes on like each of these topics. So I can talk at length about all of this, but, you know, yeah. probably one of the biggest things, and this kind of comes back to, you know, how I got into this to begin with and really that feeling of like, I deserve a treat at the end of the day for surviving the day, et cetera. My challenge, I guess, to anyone listening that might be interested in losing weight. And even those of you that maybe don't have any weight to lose, but are really interested in, in, you know, mindfully and deliberately creating a life, like making changes in your life that, that, you know, working towards a goal is to really ask yourself, like after a long day, what is it that you actually deserve? Yeah. What is it that you really deserve? And that's a question I grappled with. And I have to be honest, um, it's not a one size fits all answer. Like I was taught that the answer is, you know, food or alcohol or whatever. But then I realized, you know, there's some days after a long day, I wanna move my body. I wanna get exercise. It feels good if I've been sitting all day long. Other days I feel like I need to rest. I need to go to bed. Um, Other days I'm like, I wanna connect with a human being. And other days it's like, I don't want anybody. I need to just be by myself. Right. And so, so I hear you on all of those. Yeah. And I think as healthcare providers, um, if there's one thing I think we really have in common, and I think probably the best way for us to, um, answer this question for a lot of us, it rings true is that at the end of a busy day of taking care of other people, we just strongly feel, most of us, that we deserve a moment to take care of ourselves, right? And so that comes in a lot of different forms, right? And so I would just really encourage everyone to really soul search and ask, are you willing to see how you wanna take care of yourself on a daily basis in the smallest of ways, how you eat is one of those options, But, you know, when you have the thought, if you have the thought, like I deserve X, Y, and Z, are you defaulting to what society has taught you that you deserve? Or are you really allowing yourself to fill in that blank with what you really need on that particular
0: day? Yeah. And what's funny is like, sorry, that the food portion of it is so, um, what's the word? It's, it's so it it's temporary. It's a temporary fix, right? Because on the flip side of it, it's like, Oh, I just need this to unwind. Right. But yeah. then it's like, then you shame yourself or you don't feel good or whatever it is. And it's like, that's not actually what you deserve. You don't yeah. deserve to not feel good. You don't deserve yes. to like shame yeah. yourself because of what yeah. you ate yeah. or drink or whatever. And totally. it's like, it's more useful to what you were saying. Like, do I need, do I, like actually need a moment to myself. Right. Like sometimes one time my husband found me, I was just sitting like in our neighborhood parked in my car and he like pulled up next to me in his car. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just need a moment alone (laughs) before I go home. Like instead of having that like little gummy bear or whatever, I realized like, I just needed a moment alone before I transitioned to like mom life, you know, fully worse mom life. And I was like, I just need a minute. And he was like, why don't you just park on the driveway? And I was like, because if I park on the driveway, the baby's going to come out and like all the things, and I'm just like catapulted into mom. I just need a minute. Totally. Like, and he totally. was like, I was like, go home. I'll be home in a couple minutes. <laughs> right. It was totally. so funny, but It's like, that is what I deserved that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that actually refueled me to be yes. mom. It wasn't like, let me reach for the sugar. Cause it's just yes. a temporary fix. Yes. Yeah. I laugh
1: because seriously, what working mom has not stopped in the driveway and like hung out in the car for a few minutes before going inside to chaos. Right. Yeah. I've Everything. totally, totally, totally been there. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that example. So good.
0: Okay, good. So tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, so I'm on Instagram. And that's at dr.natania So that's dr.netania. Um, and of course my website is drnatania.com. Um, and you so kindly mentioned, um, I'm launching my podcast, so I'm super yeah. excited to, you know, what share is that called? with what everybody. Is Tell so everyone. My, my podcast is called just weight loss for dentists. Yeah. Super simple.
0: I have um, to say, even if you're not a dentist, you should listen to it. Like, yes, she's coaches dentists, but you should still listen to it. Cause the concepts are amazing.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of, um, you know, healthcare professionals or professional people that are working outside the family, especially, or outside the home, rather, especially those of us that are women wearing a lot of hats, I think we'll be able to identify with a lot. hundred
0: percent. And, yeah. um, do you have a freebie? Cause I know that you have a freebie that people can download. Can you tell us like just a minute about what that is and where people can get that from? Absolutely. Yeah. So I created... I'm gonna, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So make sure you send it to me also. I'll put it in the show notes so they can just click on it and download. That's great. Thank you. So
1: yeah, I created a stop stress eating mini course. And, um, so they can get that that's dot com forward slash no stress. So just N O S T R E S S. Um, and so, yeah, that's I'm a great, link it great in little course.
0: Yeah. So if you're like yeah. driving or you're busy or something, like you could yeah. always come back to this, but don't forget to come back to this and download that because then you're going to get like your little mini course of how to stop stress eating. And it's going to be perfect for you. That's like totally. tailored specifically for like, the healthcare, right? Like it's like four dentists. So, but anyone Absolutely. in healthcare truly will benefit <clears throat> from
1: Absolutely. it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So in the stop stress eating course, we specifically talk about like, you know, how do you actually manage those urges to overeat things that you might regret later? And I specifically talk about those situations where a patient strolls in with a beautiful tray of chocolate chip cookies. Like how do you handle that without going crazy?
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, so amazing to have you. I know this is going to be, it's totally not like at all what I normally talk about in this podcast, but I know that because I've gotten all the messages that people really want this info. And I was like, I have to have you on here. Like you, you know, did you were but you're board certified endodontist, like Turned weight loss coach, which is incredible. And I just, I was like, I know people are going to really benefit from this, especially like I'm aware of the concepts that you teach and all of this. And it's like so much more helpful than just like, what exactly did you eat? What exactly did you do? And I'm like, I just need a podcast where I can always send people to, of like, this is what you need to do, right? Like, this <laughs> is who you need to talk to and this is what you need to do. So thank You're you so, so much sweet. for joining. Thank me. you. Everybody has to go listen to weight loss for dentists podcast. I've listened to the first two episodes. They're amazing. I am subscribed. I can't wait for more. And, um, Dr. Desiree
1: got a little sneak peek VIP. Yes.
0: Thank (laughs) you so, so much. Of course. And I can't wait till I'm on the weight loss baby weight loss journey this time. And you're going to be hearing from me a lot. You're
1: going to do absolutely great. And thank you so, so much. I know this is a little deviation from your normal topic. So it's perfect. Everyone's going to love it. I love it. This has been so, so fun. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor.
0: You're welcome. Okay, everyone. So if you have questions, reach out to Natanya again, she's I'll link everything in the show notes for you. So it's all there. All right. And we will talk to you guys soon.